Um, yeah, all right, we're hitting record. And uh, while we were away, Dan's uh, son, my my godson, Colton, who is a genius, um, I get this notice, Fred, from Dan that Colton has. Hi, everyone. Right. It's Humble and Fred, by the way. Colton has taken Dan's voice and digitized it. With somehow. an AI. With yeah. AI. Everyone's doing right. AI now. I feel like right. Trump. Oh, it's everyone's doing AI. I'm doing AI. Right. So AI is slightly different than just uh, voice to uh, uh, text to voice, which is, you know, what, uh, you, you know, when you're dictating or whatever, or, you know, or the reverse. You hear that a lot, sort of very robotic Stephen Hawking kind of thing. AI's taken taken it on and makes it sound more natural and real. And there's all kinds of, you know, there's now video versions of all of this but he just decided to feed my voice into ai Mm -hmm. and i and i gave him a script uh to see what the ai could actually do with my voice so there you go that's what we got i know it's it's uh already how this is being used in sinister matters apparently they've had a problem with some of the colleges kids doing it to each other's voices and making them say stuff Mm. as i said earlier about dan say stuff they didn't say and then putting it up on social media can you imagine that already already and and vicious stuff too why why is it that whenever some new technology breaks through there's two things that happen. Either people figure out how yeah. to make porn from it <laughs> <laughs> or or yeah. how to rip people mm-hmm. off or embarrass them. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> well, what's, listen, in, in to, to your point, though, which happened before we hit record or we went on Facebook that like. So what I've listened to is Dan sent me a bunch of Dan intros that Colton has mm-hmm. done producing Dan's voice through AI. But your first thought was, did he get him to say something he wouldn't say? <laughs> That's our instinct. <laughs> well, I think even on the Super Bowl last night, one of the Super Bowl commercials was and had an AI twist to it. And there was a couple of big stars saying stuff you wouldn't normally expect them to say. So that's what I thought when Dan sent us the AI stuff. The the most fun we could have with it, because Dan's a pretty slate, uh, straight laced, uh, you know, a bit of a prude. Sometimes we could make him say all sorts of outrageous things, Howard. And in our little pre-show meeting, that's what I said. I'll send Colton a note and I'll say, these are the things Fred and I want Dan Duran to say. Hello, I'm AI Dan Duran. My cock's as big as a Matterhorn. You know, those type of things. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, what, what we will do today, though, because uh, Dan Duran has done this. Uh, and by the way, Dan, are you with us for at any point? Are you, you have to are you going to do any news ever again or is that, are you off to work? No, no, I'm going to do news. Today. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, Dan, I'm going to play the music as I normally do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're going to hear our very first the debut of A.I. Dan Duran. Uh, doing the Humble and Fred show intro. Are you ready? I'm ready. All I'm right. playing it, right? <laughs> I'm AI Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred studios in Toronto and from our premium sunny Dominican Republic studio with a drug storage vent and from somewhere near Tulum, ah, where they make Tulums. This episode of Humble and Fred is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Adventures, EVNet.ca, and GoDaddy. And now, two men who ain't too impressed with me. Did you get that? The AI in ain't? 
It's the very real Humble and Fred <laughs> so I'm sorry, Dan I, You know what? If you hadn't It sounds very much like regular Dan <laughs> Dan around to me Yeah That sounds very close to the real thing But we're going to yeah, take care of that, man Yeah so there's there, and there's four other versions of the same thing that that uh, as Colton told me uh, uh, that if you edited the uh, the best parts of all five versions together you'd get a really good sounding you know comparatively non robotic at all got to breathe to the whole thing. Well, there's no getting around it. That uh, regardless, it's uh, it's fascinating mm-hmm. and. Uh, it really is something that technology it is you know and um colton we may have mentioned this during the summer was uh showing me some other stuff the the ai stuff that he was dabbling with how he could just you can just he can put a script in and 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 then all of a sudden animation starts based on the script that you feed the thing like it was crazy no it is fascinating and and even though that's Mm -hmm. not you know humble and fred immaturity it is fascinating that that's your voice. Uh, just give us a little quick rundown. Mm-hmm. Did you feed? How did he feed? How, how did you feed your actual voice into something that he could turn into that script? So I took a lot of the uh, pre-recorded. So sometimes when I'm not here, I pre-record the intro. Mm-hmm. Right. So I took all of those that I had on file and sent that to him. So there's so it, it, it as as a learning. 10 minutes of a voice is what the uh, computer needed. So they, they took all uh, 10 minutes worth of dialogue and then uh, in a certain tone, because it em- emulates that tone and attitude, I guess. Uh, so if it was a, you know, a very whispery kind of read, it would, you'd have to do 10 minutes of something else. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he fed it in and uh, it didn't take long. And then he sent f- five of these back to me. It really didn't take more wow. than an hour. No, it's that. fascinating, dude. Yeah. Just think what kids could do, like even getting getting your AI dad to call or mom to call the school to say you won't be there today. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Hmm? You'd be very, you know, you're very good in the nefarious. Well, I, well, this is where our mind goes, Dan. I mean, I, my first thought was, how do we turn that into AI Dan porn? Yes, <laughs> not for good. You know, you think, well, no, because you think about it. And I, by the way, I was being facetious and at the same time serious. Like almost, you no, think of I all the, yeah. the computer breakthroughs of all the people, you know, those shots mm-hmm. in the 60s of those big tapes whirring around. All of it was basically the first thing. Think about the first thing all of us was, were fascinated by when it came to digital uh, breakthroughs was how can we, how much faster can we load this porn page? Mm hmm. This is where everyone yeah. goes, Dan. There's going to yes. be a. There's al- there's already AI porn. I guarantee it. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, and you know, kids nowadays. Kids nowadays. You know, you wouldn't have to be very old to get your head around that and figure out how it works. Yeah. And the things you might be able to do with it. Um, so just to point out, we're t- so I'm now in Mexico. Dan mentioned that, and AI Dan mentioned that. I'd love, I'd love, I'd love AI Dan to become a character because we just, I'm honestly, I'm going to send Colton a note and say, here, I, I want Dan to say the following messages. Um, I will close the cupboards. That's my first thing I said to Dan. So he sends me the AI thing, and I said, hey, maybe Colton could program AI Dan to close the cupboards in my kitchen. Um, <laughs> so I'm in Mexico. I've uh, been here now two weeks and a day. 
So far, no heart problems. Stomach feels, you know, pretty decent eating lots of uh, Mexican food. You're on the Dominican Republic for today. You travel tomorrow back to Toronto Wednesday, Thursday. We're going to do shows for the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And then both Freddie and I will be in another part of Mexico for the month of March together, but yet not staying in the same locale. No, having dinners together and maybe golfing together a couple of times. That'll be fun. Um you know, aging with energy, the old guys travel show. Um, mm, yes. Of course, I'm I'm going to want to do an episode from here. But my buddy Doug, who I'm here with now, much like Darren, remember the story with the with the meat shop. Darren didn't want me to mention the meat shop because he was afraid too many people were going to start going to the meat shop. And yeah, for the skirt steaks. Uh, skirt steaks. Yeah, there would there wouldn't be any there wouldn't be any hanger steak. Our hanger steaks. So I stabbed Doug the other day. And he said, are you sure you want to tell too many people about this area? <laughs> are you sure you want to tell uh, too many people about this area? Because this is sort of a unique area of the Dominican, right? A lot of people, when they reference Dominican, don't come here. This is to this undisclosed no, location. Uh, kite uh, surf. Yeah, it's like kite surfing, and it's just a different vibe than your regular touristy area. But it's, I've so loved it. Just the food and the people and the, it's not touristy at all. Very organic. You feel like you're sort of just living here. It's cool. Really That's cool. what uh, we were talking about this really same. Like it, and it's not humid. There's, yeah. No, go ahead. I guess we're getting a little bit of a delay. That's fine. I'm sorry. Go ahead. We're getting a little bit of a delay. Oh, I yeah, no, I was saying it's not humid. Uh, you know, there's always a nice uh, breeze here and uh you know, you know we've often said, you know, wind can wreck a nice day. That doesn't apply here. It's just a beautiful cool ocean breeze all the time that keeps the humidity down and this restaurant beside us is maybe one of the best restaurants I've ever been to in my life. The, everything from sushi to curries to just unbelievable. I'm sorry. Anyway, to, I can go we, on. Are we doing? Yeah, you, are we doing an episode now? Because I'll get the theme. <laughs> I just, I'll start playing the theme, man. Um, have you done any uh, recreational activities like uh, flying kites or anything? Or? So what I was saying is that we had the same conversation no. about San Miguel, mm. which is one of those places that mm. is a bit of a jewel in. Uh, the world of international travel. Right. Let me talk a little bit about where I am because I've been where I am mm-hmm. is kind of resort Mexico, meaning that all the between Tulum and Playa, there's all the famous, you know, sort of resorts, the Hard Rock, the Rio Secreto, there's Bahia Principe, there's a bunch of places, but I'm not staying in one of those. I, I'm playing golf in one. But where I'm staying is a place I've driven by. I must have, over the course of 20-plus years, driven by this village, this Pueblo, many, many times. and had no idea it was here. This is also a little kind of unique spot in terms of it's not resort Mexico. These are people that live here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's its own kind of community, not only inside the gates of Puerto Aventures, but also across the street and like where the real people live but it's very different like i've spent almost no time in playa del carmen i've spent a couple of different days in tulum which is a bit more of a kind of a hippie vibe a little bit more relaxed but Mm -hmm. you know i'm uh, i have i was telling you on the phone the other day you know i have access to a bunch of really nice restaurants i'm not saying the best Mm -hmm. i've ever eaten but what i really have liked here is the ability to go shopping 
at the local grocery store, buy stuff, come back and cook it myself. I'm staying at my brother and his lady friend's place. And it's, you know, it's been something else. Like I, I didn't, I've never visited this particular place. As I say, I've driven by it a bunch of times. He, um, that place you're in uh, Dominican, like how far from resort Dominican is it? Uh, well, you know, uh, Puerto Plata is just up the road. That's, you know, a big resort area. Right. Um, this whole stretch of beach I'm on, I would say it's about three to four kilometers long. And I've done a ton of walking just up and down this beach, you know, put the headset on tunes or listen to a podcast and just veg out and walk. It's been fantastic. There's really only one all-inclusive resort on this whole stretch. Okay. And other than that, it's just condos. People own condos here or the kite schools. You know, it's younger people that are just staying in those places as they learn, um, you know, uh, kite surfing or it just, yeah, it's just different. Well, we'll be uh, talking more about this as the uh, day wears on and uh, a little bit more, obviously, when we uh, do another episode of Aging with Energy. Uh, on the show today, I do want to talk about a couple things. I, I sort of hinted to Dan, but I didn't tell Fred. Uh, one of the stupidest things I've ever done, I think, it's kind of on the same lines of, you, you guys remember years ago when I had that you know, instant car starter installed in my BMW. And yes, I started it inadvertently and drove my BMW into the cement wall of my garage several times without me. And yeah, great story. Yep. Yeah. Well, I want to tell that story. And uh, then I also ran into, uh, I played, I've been playing a little bit. Of, I've, I've been playing golf occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> That's a surprise. Yeah. I've been playing golf occasionally. I've been here. Uh, I guess this is my 16th day, but say 15 days as of yesterday. What would you guess my golf count to be? A dozen rounds. Okay. 11, but close. Yeah, I was going to say ten. Well, yeah, My ten goodness. of yeah, ten or eleven times for sure. It's just so convenient for me here. Like, yeah, it's just. You know, and I listen, I like golf, I guess, as much as the next average guy, but my goodness. Just swing, 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 swing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> day you know, after day. I, I mean, I love it. It's great. I mean, I can't <laughs> really relate to it, but that's uh that's a ama- eleven rounds well t- yeah 10 rounds and then one day where i just went and hit balls so 11 different golf experiences oh, okay yeah wow but 10 rounds of fi- official golf but listen man i have been and i'll tell you i'm gonna do this episode of swing thoughts about meeting this i met a couple different people that were just great to play with and i'll just hint for you swing thoughts uh you know people that listen to swing thoughts as well i met a guy on the range the other day and we got to talking, and it turns out that he played on the tour. He's a guy a little younger than me, but like 55, played on the tour, just a great golfer, had a million stories, invited me to play. And I just, it was a, it was a thrill to play with somebody who was that good. I also played with a few Americans um, who are listening right now because a couple of guys were down here for their friend's wedding. They're from Chicago, so they're like Chicago Americans. You know, Chicago Americans okay. are a little bit different because they live in a big city and they couldn't have been nicer. And this is, I mean, you ever had this experience, Fred, where you meet somebody uh, playing for the first time and, and they both have the same name? Okay. So, oh, okay. Yeah, probably. <laughs> 
So both of these guys' names are Matt. <laughs> Matt from Chicago. And of course, the joke is, well, this will be easy to remember for this old guy. because Daryl? All, yeah. All I'm going to have to say is, hey, good shot, Matt. <laughs> How do I tell them right. apart? Well, there's, they're both college buddies, and, and they couldn't have been greater. There was Big Matt, and then there was you know regular size Matt. And these guys were just great guys. Down for a wedding, in a, in a, and we had a great time, lots of laughs and joking around. At sort of the back nine, they asked me what I did, and I, I sort of finally said, well, I do this radio show with Freddie. And I said, you know, for a while there, we were on Sirius XM, probably a little bit in Chicago. And uh, we had a little time to kill on the very third last hole. And this is the part I thought you'd love. And uh, started talking a little bit of politics. Just a tiny bit. I just said something about, you know, you guys are smart guys. How do you, how do you reconcile the fact that you, your citizens just keep killing each other all the time? You know, <laughs> that little, just a tiny little <laughs> politics. And sort of regular size, Matt, you know, he was more of the centrist liberal guy. And, you know, we had this conversation about, yeah, it's hard. And, you know, there's a lot of people get killed in Chicago, et cetera. And then the other Matt who, you know, great guy. And this continued on for a couple holes, but I knew it was time to get out of the conversation <laughs> when I said something like, I mean, how can you watch the, uh, you know, the, the insurrection January 6th? And here's what he said. Well, it wasn't an insurrection. <laughs> he said, pardon me. <laughs> this is what he said. He goes, the doors were open. <laughs> and, I, uh, and I looked over at the other man and I went, well, I, this is where my work here is done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said the mm-hmm. doors were open and uh, that's when I thought okay I think we've talked enough politics for one yeah. day but uh, I just want to shout them I want to give them a shout out because I know they're listening today they went and looked up the Humble and Fred podcast and now we have two new listeners yeah. from Chicago yeah I know it's like anything else right it's not an insurrection if you don't want it to be right? that's right in your mind <laughs> it had nothing to do with open doors it had everything to do with everything leading up to that but anyway if you don't want it to be an insurrection it's not that's uh you know that's why america's so great it is right well and what you find out from conversations (laughs) like that is that for the most part even big matt he for the most part you know most people don't pay attention at the level you and i do for the most part most americans live in a world as they say most people that they know are centrist sort of you know not socialists you know god forbid or whatever, mm-hmm. sky Muppet forbid, but they certainly are more in the middle than we see on TV. Yeah, TV and, uh, you know, the sky uh, Muppet. Part of the uh, last night on the uh, Super Bowl, uh, he gets us is a campaign. Yeah, I saw Jesus, that. Jesus and Christianity, they bought two spots. And apparently this is an organization that organized by the far right that they can't really tell who's behind this and why. But some investigation of some uh, some investigations have proved, you know, it's far right money. And uh, what was their thing last night? Uh, we're trying to unify the American people around the comforting love and forgive- forgiveness of Jesus. Mm mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty and funny the, <clears throat> i know and one of the spots last night was all this conflict and then at the end of all this conflict they displayed it was like you know this is why we need jesus of course i failed to mention why did jesus allow it to happen in the first place but that's i digress yeah you know but it was it was creepy it was it was really creepy to see that during the super bowl from from my perspective it was i saw the spot before i saw the, uh, an article about the spot i didn't see the full commercial i saw a little clip of it and 
you know, it, it's, I just put my hands up as I often do and think, you know, if it, it's like if they were promoting any other cult and, you know, let's be serious. That's what it is. People would be like, what? Cause whenever I yeah. hear, whenever I saw that he, he gets us, I'm like, okay, you mean he gets you white people? What about the other people in the world? Mm-hmm. Does he get them too? What about the 20 some odd thousand that were crushed in Turkey last week? Did he get them? Mm. No, exactly. Um, there were uh, look at Dan smug that smile because well Dan Dan gets us <laughs> <laughs> I do Dan gets us I haven't I haven't seen the spot yet but like yeah. you're you're leaving all all kinds of subtext into the message if there was no subtext uh, the message on it on the surface was it creepy I didn't I didn't see it yet. Mm. You think? Well, we, yeah, we well, we don't need a subtext because the message would be let's just all be good people. But to bring this Jesus thing into it when it's been proven to be the the, the root of all evil on our earth, um, it's just sort of weird. That's if, all. Yeah, if you look at historically, Dan, what religion was used for, which was to collate. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, I got a lot of pent up energy. <laughs> you, you, you guys are the first people I've talked to in 24 hours. <laughs> if you just look at his, I'll just say one thing. Historically, religion was used to coalesce, coalesce, coalesce uh, people to basically give, you know, poor, dumb people. Uh, it was used to kind of bring them all together with the under a unified, you know, some kind of, you know, uh, organized it's something to give them an organization. We don't need that anymore. But what, what's creepy about it and why Fred says that, and I agree, is that it's once again trying to coalesce uh, a group of people around the notion of a monotheatical, whatever that word is, monotheical, whatever the word I'm looking for, uh, a one God thing. And that's creepy, Dan, because it's 2023. There is no such thing. Well, there's about $100 million behind this group, too, and they're trying to figure out where that money come from. And then it's like, well, I can tell you. I know where that money came from. You know, vulnerable people. Yeah. That's where it came from. Hmm. Anyway, that's what's... Uh, I, listen, there's nothing wrong with being kind to one another, Dan, and all the, uh, you know, the good things that come from loving one another and, and awareness and such, but... Well, there were other commercials on the Super Bowl, Dan. Mm-hmm. Were there now, Dan? Do you uh, do you have any idea who won the Super Bowl last night? Yes, I know the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs uh, beat the Eagles. Yeah, I, know that. I was surprised, Freddie. The Chiefs also do the tomahawk chaka, top chop. I thought that was just the uh, Atlanta Braves. Ah, uh, no, they've done it, and they do you know a little chant as well. Mm. Yeah, I thought we'd uh, um, put that in the past, Dan. With the tomahawking. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, Chiefs thing, you know, it's not like the Indians um, or the Redskins. It's sort of out there where it's the odd time it's discussed about whether this is an appropriate name, but <laughs> I don't think you're going to see anything done with that name. Now, the behavior of the people that support them, that might be called into question, I guess. But what are you going to do about that? 
You know, it would be great back to the Jesus commercial <laughs> if he had a little, if, he, if they just had a thing at the end when they, he pops up and it's white guy Jesus with the beard and he goes, hi, I'm Jesus and I approve of this, <laughs> approve of this message. <laughs> now that would be impressive, Dan. That would be good, like, I'll yeah. tell you what, if that happens, everything I said goes out the window, I promise. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm a believer. You got me, Jesus. You waited right. 2,000 years. No one's heard from you. But you came up, he, he saw, you know what? He know two things. He said, hey, uh, Rihanna's playing the Super Bowl, and I've, I've got money on the Chiefs, so I'm going to make an appearance. <laughs> right. I'm Jesus, and I approve of this message. Yeah, I wagered on the uh, Super Bowl with my wife. She picked the Eagles, and I picked the Chiefs. She owes me 500 pesos this morning. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to get it. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. One way or another. That's right. You'll uh-huh. take it out of her salary, out of her allowance. <laughs> 500 pesos is just over, it's like 11 bucks. Yeah, here it's like <laughs> seven. By the way, she was looking pretty good. Her bet was looking pretty good as that game began. We'll talk yes. about that later. Uh, when Dan Duran returns with his news, I will tell you one of the stupidest things I've ever done. Honestly, I, I'm still trying to get over it, but it really is one of those things where you're like, did I just do that? Uh, Dan Duran's news, and we have a uh, special appearance from uh, our producer here in a second or two who is uh, covering a one of the biggest stories uh, in Toronto. In fact, it's made the news around the world, and uh, we will get to uh, Toronto Mike Boone here in a second. Uh, let me just uh, get a few things ready for you. Um, we're back in business. You know, we're back doing what we do. So let's uh, let's do what we do. Yeah, let me tell you about the Chambers Plan. Uh, well, Chambers Plan, uh, Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. Oh, yes, it is. If you have a small business, you've thought about a benefits package for your small business. Go to chamberplan.ca today. You can get a free quote. It's all there, all the information. There's testimonials from other small businesses. Names apply. So if you want to take it a step further and ask these people how it's worked for them, you can. It's amazing. Whether it's uh, prescriptions, it's dental, it's travel insurance, which Howard and I are enjoying right now. Great security. Uh, they have a you know they have a mental health uh, component to it now and an HR component. From top to bottom, it works so well for small business. Very affordable. They've done a great job of keeping the premiums under control over the past few years, considering everything we've been through. Fantastic. Chamberplan.ca. We're an emerging international junior mining company. Well, not Fred and I, but and yeah, there's nothing junior about us. I'm talking about AaronVentures.com. They're an exploration company engaged in the acquisition, exploration, and development of resource properties. Aaron Ventures' strategy is to uncover and capitalize on unique development opportunities within Canada and various regions. Uh, We heard from uh, Tim Daniels before. You know, there's only about five places on planet Earth where they are actually uh, commercially uh, commercially viable boron uh, deposits that are being... uh, Mind Aaron Ventures has one of them. Check it out. Uh, they're developing current properties, and through the acquisition of additional mining projects, it could be the value you're looking for. And why don't you talk to your Sherpa and go to AaronVentures.com. Yeah, before we uh, get Boone on here, you know, I don't know why. I, I felt the same way. I, it's hard to put into words with somebody who still has a... Uh, 
a relationship with the Jesus people, why that's so just weird, off-putting, you know? It's a bit... I don't know why. I guess it's hard because it just makes me feel creepy. Yeah, same here. Although on the flip side, um, have you been aware of this uh, Royal Crown campaign fronted by uh, Dave Grohl? I am not aware of anything you just said. Okay, well, you know, there's been some teaser commercials the past few weeks. Dave Grohl talking about all the things that have been invented or come out of Canada. It's really cool. And then last night, they sort of played the long commercial of him uh, going through everything that's been invented in Canada, including basketball and football. And that's the way it ends. And he goes, and football. And everybody goes, what? And he goes, oh, yeah, look it up. Look it up. Anyway, it's all about Crown Royal because it's very popular in the States and obviously a Canadian uh, whiskey. Very cleverly done and makes you feel very proud. And it's uh, and the cherry on top is that such a cool guy is the presenter. Mm. Uh, and if uh, you, you know, I'm looking it up right now. Royal. If you were able to see the American feed, you would have seen that last night. Or as you say, it's all of it's available online. But very, very cool. All the neat things like, you know, that we've invented in uh, that have come out of Canada, including and, and- Hawaiian pizza or whatever. And uh, what was that? Uh, how does that relate to uh, the creepy Jesus thing? Just a different commercial? No, I was just saying, you know, we, yeah, it was just, I said on the flip side. Oh, know, on the on flip the side. Yes, yeah, I got it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think this is it. Royal Crown presents O Canada shared. Dave learned something new. I think this is the one. This isn't the full Peanut one. Peanut butter. What? The walkie. The paint roller the battery no trash bags the replay no way the egg carton did you know the egg carton it says it right here whoa electric wheelchair did you know that Liam? yeah hawaiian pizza okay so that's the short version of it i'll try and find the uh, longer version of it um Here's a great historical uh, note for you. He said the trash bag. Yeah. Our buddy Darren, who we often reference on the show, his uncle invented that. Really? The green garbage bag. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. And that's the, that's the reference there. Mm-hmm. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Well, no wonder he's yeah. just... <laughs> no wonder Darren's just hanging around. <laughs> Um, okay, yeah. let's get uh, our friend uh, Mike Boone. While we were away, there's pretty much nobody in Toronto that hasn't heard this story. Um, and this has happened to us uh, a couple of times. Probably, you know, I, I don't know about you. When I first heard the story, I thought of another humble and Fred, uh, friend of the show. And how... Uh, when a uh, scandal broke, we were like, oh, that's interesting. We know that guy. Uh, and uh, on the weekend, uh, another episode of uh, Toronto Mike dropped. And uh, when I saw who was on it, I sent Mike a note and said, hey, that's pretty interesting stuff. Maybe you could come on in between dropping off uh, one of your many sets of children. <laughs> and uh, maybe give us a little background on the John uh, Tory story. But uh, first, let me just say hello, Michael. Welcome back to the program. Good to see you guys, and I'm glad you're having a blast uh, in warmer climate. 
And I'll, I'll bring this up again later in the week, but I got to tell you, I did listen to parts of most of the Humble and Fred Hundy P interviews. And uh, fantastic to hear from all these wonderful, wonderful people. One of my favorite moments on every show is at the end, Mike said to them, okay, you've got the microphone. What do you want to say to Humble and Fred? And it was, it was for the most part, very, very touching and very much appreciated. I'm glad yeah, you was. listened, Fred. Yeah. I'm glad you listened too, because those moments at the end were for you guys. Go ahead, Fred. No, no, I did. I walking along the beach. I listened to the episodes, and uh, I was very moved. I was, and uh, good job, Mike, and uh, very thoughtful on your part and those who took place or took part rather. Yeah, More to come. So yeah, we'll uh, and maybe on just as a maybe throw. To, I don't want to give you any more work to do. You're you're, you're doing too much, Mike. But I maybe just on Thursday. We could play just a 60 seconds of one of them or just to give people a, a, a taste of what we're talking about. You can go listen to all of them. I'm sorry, you have some, you have your finger in the air, Boone. Well, that's to let you know that I would love to take a clip of Neighbor John. There's an episode with Neighbor John, and he tells a story about you guys, and it's it would be great for your... Well, I was okay. That would be great too. I was thinking more of just one of the in, one of the things at the end where people talk about what they love about Humble and Fred. If you want to hear sure. the neighbor John episode, that's fantastic. Um, but uh, maybe one of those things at the end where somebody you know in a heartfelt manner talks about what the show has meant to them. Sure. Yes. So uh, why don't you set this up? I think by now most people listening to our program know that John Tory, although technically I understand, hasn't resigned, but is just give us the background. Okay, so because I'll start with the big misconception I've noticed out there. There's a misconception out there that John Tory on his Friday night just decided to confess his sins and, and announce he's going to resign as right. mayor of Toronto. Like there's this misconception when in fact at 7.30 p.m. Friday, which was an hour before John Tory had his press conference, the Toronto Star published an article which basically told the story that John Tory had a uh, well an inappropriate relationship with a city hall staffer in her uh, her late twenties, so this story breaks at seven thirty, and John Tory announces he's piecing out at eight thirty. Mike, did he actually say I'm resigning? Why is there some confusion around that? Because I, I saw something yesterday that says, well, you know, technically he hasn't resigned yet. Well, he has to file paperwork with city hall. Like he has to actually. So there's a paperwork he's got to file, which apparently he's probably going to do today, maybe even this morning. But announcing you're going to resign is not the same as filing the paperwork that triggers all these events. Yes, and they explain there's some transitional stuff that has to take um, place. So he wants to make sure everything's in order before he officially is no longer the mayor. Um, just from a responsibility aspect of it. So that's where we're at. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, the reason we asked Mike uh, for everyone else, uh, if you haven't heard Mike's episode, is that Mike, uh, what day did you record it? Friday, Saturday? Uh, Saturday morning. So, like, Saturday at 10 a.m., I had a pretty good chat with David Ryder at the Toronto Star, who was the head of the uh, the team that tackled this for the Star. And he's the head of City Hall Borough. Like, he's a, the chief of City Hall Borough at the Toronto Star. You mean so, Bureau? Yeah. How do you say that? Borough? Bureau. Bureau. That's the word I'm looking for. Right. I can write better than I can speak. But uh, I asked him all the questions you'd want me to ask, like, when did the star find out? How did they find out? When did John Tory find out this story was coming? So I'll give you like really quickly, like for a while, the Toronto Star has been gently working a story that John Tory and his wife are estranged. Like, I feel like you and I could work this story because she's been living in Florida for years and John doesn't seem to take much time out of his schedule that he could be visiting Florida. 
very often. Like he's always working. He's a workaholic, this guy. Anyway, so <laughs> they were just looking like were divorce papers filed? Are they together or not? Like a like, gentle story, like a personal story, but nothing sensational, whatever. And then about, I guess, about eight days before the story broke on Friday, the Toronto Star got very specific tips about a very specific woman who was the executive assistant in City Hall to John Tory, literally traveled on uh, city-funded trips to London, England, with, with you know, in 2020. Like, specific tips that they started to investigate, and then they saw a lot of smoke, and basically uh, very quickly realized that there's a fire there. So, really, uh, John Tory, about uh, a week before he resigned, was tipped off with questions from the Toronto Star about this. And then that Thursday... The questions were really specific because this woman was moved from City Hall to Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Maple MLSE is owned uh, 37.5% is owned by Rogers. John Tory continues to make $100,000 from the uh, Rogers Family Trust, even though he's mayor of Toronto, which is its own conflict of interest that always irked me. But uh, basically, when the questions got very specific and it became clear that this story was going to drop, it's uh, obvious that John Tory's plan was like when this story goes public, he'll do a press conference, say he's sorry, and he's resigning. Hmm. Great, so by the way, must, great they, reporting, Mike. <laughs> they must have at some point they said, John, this article is coming, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so no, but at the beginning you said you know at seven thirty it was released, and then yeah, he well, resigned, that Thursday, so. like so Thursday, the questions from the star okay. to John Tory were very specific. Okay. So he wasn't blindsided by this. No. 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 Okay. He had a week. Mm -hmm. By the way, not just, and this is David Ryder from the Star telling me, there were other media outlets that were actively working this story. So it was almost a race who gets it first. Mm -hmm. because It was coming out. And John Tory knew it. But if if they were estranged and haven't been living together for a long time, where's the problem? Because I was reading there is nothing in the charter, so to speak, that says you can't have a relationship with a co-worker at City Hall. Well, where's the, is it just the optics or like I... Okay, so the there's no law against this. This is a, an right. ethics thing where you're not, when you're mayor of Toronto, like arguably the most powerful job in the city, but you're mayor of Toronto, you're not supposed to bed your 20-something-year-old executive assistant at City Hall. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that a rule? I, I, I missed that rule. They might add that to the charter. Yeah. No, I was going to say, actually, she was 31. No, now um, she's 31, yeah. but when the relationship started, she was uh, oh, a few years Because I was going to say she's 31. Johnny likes him older than Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I knew <laughs> that was going to come out. I'm prepared for it. I've written a statement. But Fred, so you bring up a good point. I've been, I've been hit with this all weekend. People are like, it's none of our business who John Tory sleeps with. And I will just say right. for myself, I don't give a rat's ass if John Tory cheats on his wife and uh, sleeps with the uh, the waitress at Kelsey's or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care about any of his sex life. And if, if it's consensual sex, go nuts. The, the reason this is a story and why it is a worthy of publication and why John Tory resigned is that she was a city hall staff. Okay, right. If you take that out of there, this is just like TMZ stuff that I don't give a rat's ass about. Yeah, let me, if I may, because I, I, that is my, that was going to be my point as well, that, you know, if he's not in a relationship other than on paper with his wife, his longtime wife, uh, 45 years, who basically they're like a lot of people at their age, they're sort of everything but separated and divorced. Right. Is There's a couple things here. Some of the outrage, obviously, is that he's a man in a powerful position. That's it, yeah. And 
and I'm going to say a couple things quickly, that somehow may have taken advantage of her. But I think that doesn't, it doesn't allow for the fact that whatever she was, 28, 29, or 30, she was enamored with this much older man, even more, even a bigger difference than me and lady friend, if you can imagine. (laughs) That to think of 28 or 29-year-old is powerless over her own decision making I, I think this i think gives um it's not fair to her but well, every, her every, job he can have her fired at a whim right like I, but so yeah but that's that's the thing mike it's the power discrepancy in the relationship right exactly well yeah that that's that's it although again there was no like written rule that said you can't do that so again it is optics and it it's not right and somehow you know on some level i'm thinking who had power over who i mean he's 68 and i I haven't seen her yet or see you know how whatever her appearance or however a guy could be attracted to someone of that age it's like yeah who had the power he 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 became jelly probably slightly yeah like this is we're not morality police here like no we have the age difference doesn't bother me and the fact that he's married doesn't bother me the only the serious legit uh issue yes. here is the power dynamic yes. at city mm-hmm. hall yeah but so but listen like, and that is re- really i'm gonna because i'm gonna ask this stupid question but i'll ask it anyway so why yeah. resign what is it why did he resign because he didn't think he could be let me finish this does he didn't think he could be mayor uh, during a scandal we had a guy drinking vodka out of a paper bag and smoking crack and he didn't resign he said i get enough pussy at home he didn't right. resign no no he didn't because he didn't have to and john did not have to either I don't think he wants to fight for this. Like, I think at 68 years old, you know, what he's done and the cash he's got and all the stuff in his life. Does John Tory want to fight through this? Like, so maybe that's the question. Maybe that's the answer to my question. That's why he resigned. He's He's like, I don't need this shit. And again, 68, he he doesn't need to deal with this every turn. They're doing a budget on Wednesday, this big budget meeting. And all these people asking, like, you know, uh, questions. Because there's more here, right? The story's not technically done unless he does go away. Like, if he goes away, the story might die. But there are other threads here. Like, why is he expensing trips to London, England in early 2020 when he's the mayor of Toronto? And this executive assistant is, of course, traveling with him. With him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It's it's greasy. But, but Freddie, think about it. I'm going to go back to this. Huh? We had a mayor that was the joke of the world, smoking crack and drinking vodka out of a paper bag, and nobody, they, they wanted him resi- to, to resign, but that guy stuck it out. John's a better man than Rob Ford, okay? And secondly, wow. they took away all of Rob Ford's powers. He literally, he had no powers. He was just in mayor, mayor and name only. He got right. to keep that necklace, I think. But. <laughs> he got the mayor necklace. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was the mistake. And again, if they've been estranged, like, is this, you know, the, probably the only surprise to his kids was the fact that she was 29, 30, 31. You know what I mean? They probably not surprised that, you know, mom and dad have been apart. They're estranged, mm-hmm. of course. You know, it's human nature. You need some companionship. And he found it. If That's the surprise. And again, the fact that she worked under him wasn't the best decision. No. You know, well, you know shit where you eat, right, yeah. Fred? Isn't this what we learned from The Sopranos? Well, here's the thing. I mean, did you see it? I've seen pictures of Johnny's hair during the pandemic. It was all fucking long and weird. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and my first thought was, okay, hair aside, at the time in, uh, that's three years ago, John was 66 years old. And this woman was 28. And I've, yeah. I'll be honest, my first thought was, wow, I have no idea Tori had that kind of game. 
Because, <laughs> you know, I just well, don't see it. Well, this is it. Yeah. Again, it seems out of character because, you know, look at his legacy, his history of running companies and always having that great diction and yeah, right. being in control. And being a decent, again, decent not, guy. His nickname not, was No Story Tory. Yeah. Because yeah. There was no story with Tory. He was by the books guy. But four words that never belong together until Friday shocking the world is uh, John Tory sex scandal. <laughs> no, yeah, no. John Tory has wheeled a 31 year old. You know, one of the podcasts I listened to when I was down here is um, I've been listening to Bill Maher's Club Random, where he get you know they smoke dope and drink booze while they're doing a co- having a conversation. Love that. Show. And he had Doctor Drew on, and they sort of touched on this. You know, this is before the Tory thing even broke. I heard this, and they were talking about newness for old guys, right? Like that 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 thing of it's new and and. How many guys can sort of resist that or, you know, fight it off or then are those that succumb to it based on the current relationship they're in? And very interesting. And then I'm thinking in retrospect, Tori, it's like, you know, did this young woman maybe come on to him, send him some signals? And then it's like, you know, the battle's on. Can I resist this? Well, I remember in uh, 2011 when we started our little podcast, uh, Mm -hmm. 2011, 2012, you and I were. Not only was he a regular on our podcast, but you and I were regulars on his radio show. Quite often, we would be on the round table, and we, yes. had, a, we, had, a, we had a very, very good, con, you know, congenial relationship with John. But I was just thinking if we could find some of the times that you would fucking tell John, hey, you know how he's banging a 24-year-old? Like, how many times you would in, you would interrupt conversations with him and I, and you go, oh, yeah, but how he's having sex with a 24-year-old, John? He doesn't give a shit. What's going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I can tell you from having been in that situation, it's a, you know, as I've often said, everyone thinks they can hit major league pitching until that ball's coming across the plate. It's, it's fast and furious. Yeah. That's a great analogy. It really is. Uh, (laughs) But the thing is with him and, and again, on the surface, you know, what bothers me through this? It was one of the first things I said, now all the holier than thou hypocrites are going to come out of the, out of the closet. You know, it's just often in American politics, these guys that are anti-abortion have probably paid for a lot of them. You know what I mean? And but Fred, I, serious, do you see a lot of people saying shame on him for having an affair on his wife? I don't see any of that. No, like, I mean, no, no, you're right. Anyone yeah. cares about that, especially in Canada, mm-hmm. like maybe in the Jesus belt or something. But affairs, consensual, these consensual sex of an adult woman in your marriage, I don't think anyone cares. It literally, to me, it all, in fact, if she didn't work at City Hall, like if she had just worked at, yes. at a bank or something, mm-hmm. I don't think the star publishes. In fact, I, David tells me the star would not publish this story. Like that's a, not in the public interest. It's, it's because it's a City Hall staffer. And, reg, you know, regardless of what you think, who's got the power here, I can tell you John Tory has the power there as mayor of the city. So Absolutely. It, it's sort of like Fred uh, and his young, uh, this is, you know, with Lady Friend. If Lady Friend was a Humble and Fred intern, like he didn't break any you laws. You said Fred. Fred, Fred, resign, Fred wasn't. It's, it's not, you said yeah, Fred. Yeah. Fred wasn't oh. with Lady Friend. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let's just Only be clear. Yeah, just be clear. I don't want Doll tuning in and going, what? It's less cool than what happened. 
if Howard was with I, him. I committed adultery in my mind many times. Who, well, who once said that? Because oh, uh, I'm looking at Fred on the screen. He's just a dynamo, right? Like it's like that's a sexual dynamo. So I'm oh, thinking. okay. So you can imagine yeah, that. You but, can't yeah. imagine me with Lady Friend, but Fred's. Uh, <laughs> I erase that from my mind. Um, so. You know, so, I just want to say something though that, that it's so it's so. My first uh, number one thought about all of this was that we are all human. That John Tory, as decent as a guy as he is, and we've all known him. Fred and I have known him a long time. Goes back to two thousand and three when Tory was running for mayor the first time, and his campaign headquarters were next to our office. And I remember him and Rocco Rossi and all these guys and. Just a decent, he was always good to us, Fred. And, uh, and the first thing I thought was, you know, John's just a regular guy. Yeah, you know, and, and I, guess, I guess if there's any disappointing aspect of it, knowing him the way we do, is that, yeah, that was a bad decision. Like, twofold. Number one, being involved with somebody that worked under him. He knows that that's wrong. So the attraction must have just been electrifying. Number two, those trips. Like, he's got lots of money. She didn't need to come on those trips. They could have taken side trips that nobody knew about. So you just wonder. He was so into it that, you know, he stopped thinking clearly. But I I can understand that. It happens to people. Well, and that's, again, back to the humanity of it all is... And John being, you know, as Mike said, no story Tory, being a guy who's been in the public eye, whether the commissioner of the CFL or working for Rogers or heads, CEOs of big companies on boards. You've got to be you've got to be pretty vetted, you know. And, and then how many times have we had? We had Tory on a few months ago and the, the running Christmas gag is show. the pardon me. The Christmas show on the Christmas show and the running gag with all of us is why you still do watch on with the kind of money you have. Why do you even bother? But there he mm-hmm. was, you know, it, genuinely trying to do a good job for a community. And it through all of that was taken in like any other person would be uh, yeah, when you know, somebody a, a showed lot, interest in him. Yeah. And I again, when it first broke. Again, I didn't know that they had been estranged. And and then I'm thinking, that's got to be a tough moment. Like, if he... I just assumed that his relationship with his wife was pretty solid, trying to explain that to your kids. But again, there's way more to this story, obviously. The kids are probably going, yeah, we're not surprised Dad found somebody else. We're just surprised who it is. Mm -hmm. By the way, is she going to be identified? Uh, I've purposely not named her. I've known her name since... few days now but uh it's it's like out there if you want to google it uh sue ann levy dropped that name on uh, pretty quickly and Whoa. it's out there but i just don't Why? personally want i don't know like I, i've been wrestling with this i just feel like she's a civilian and maybe uh i'll let other media outlets name her well, it takes like, two to tangle. well i was just gonna say that i'm gonna I, listen yeah. i've got a little bit sure. more experience there's no way there's no way that he gets involved with her without her showing some interest in him. And I'll even, oh. I'll even go one step further. Probably before, I mean, he might have been in a, you know, might have thought she was attractive and might have lightly flirted. But unless you're getting buying signals, especially with that age gap, mm-hmm. especially with that much difference in age, you're not going to move forward unless there's some... Yeah, but only one is mayor of Toronto. Like so, to me, it's no, like this is a story I know because that. he's mayor of Toronto. So I don't know no, if I want to name her. But no, but Mike, I, no, for and I'm not talking about naming her. I'm just talking about yeah. there's no, there's no way he could have been the aggressor to the point where she felt, oh, I've just got to. I guess I have no choice but to. You know, it, it wasn't that kind of power dynamic. 
That I have no idea about. That's for sure. No and, and that's your that's your prerogative. But again, it's another one of these situations where I'm thinking, well, there was two of them involved. Why wouldn't I? I still haven't seen her name yeah, anywhere. And I'm thinking, well, that's peculiar. Why? I mean, you can put two and two together and figure out who it is, obviously, if you wanted to. But uh, to not be named seems. I'm kind of with Boone though. Like, peculiar. what is it? What does it yeah. really matter? Like, in the in the end, he's. I mean, I, I guess you can go Google it, but I, I don't. I don't know what the story, how the story advances for me, knowing who she is. She's just going to get embarrassed and humiliated through all this anyway. Who are we trying to kid, though? You know, there's a million guys out there want to see what she looks like. You know what I mean? Just like, whoa, what did Johnny tangle with? Let's have <laughs> well, a look. there's that. And honestly, that you know, I mean, and that sounds. Well, no, that's just, that's real talk, man. I mean, yeah. seriously, guys are thinking, what does she look like? Wow. Johnny. Well, God. there's a certain portion of the thinking, what does she look like? But then there's a whole bunch of other guys in their mid-60s going, I don't care what she looks like. She's 28. <laughs> 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 um, all right, Booner. Great reporting. Thank you. Uh, last point, though. You two were very close with two political people in the last few years and both had their careers ended, their political careers ended in scandal. I'm wondering if it's you guys. Who's the other one like, we had? A- John, Tony Clement. Oh, yes. That's what I was Tony thinking Clement. of. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> John Tory. Yeah. Like, as far as I know, is there any other politicos that you're buddies with that I should know about? Well, yeah. No, really. it's. I thought about this yesterday, too, with Tony Clement, because I think we asked him the question, and I can't really remember what the answer was. That moment when you realize that you can't hide this anymore. You've got to get in front of it. Yeah. How that, how horrible that must feel. Uh, and I guess John was the same way. It got to the point where it's like, wow, this is, uh, I can't do anything but, but get in front of this thing. Mike, it's at the beginning be. of uh, before, as, as I was introducing you, I was, you know, that, that's who I was thinking of. The, sure. the well, great we're all, Tony all Clement. All of us uh, Hundy P's are thinking it right now. So, all right. So, uh, well, you'll be back on Thursday. Uh, if I don't talk to you, let's <clears throat> just do do what I ask. We 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 can go. Anyone can go hear the uh, John, neighbor John story, but I want to. I really do mm-hmm. want to play. Find one of the more heartfelt ones because it was really very sweet. The. Uh, okay. And all the uh, episodes are available on Spotify. Toronto Mike, of course, a great uh, podcast. You can hear the David Ryder interview. It dropped on Saturday. And uh, now go get those kitties to school, my friend. Okay. Peace and love to everybody. Thanks, my brother. Love and peace and groovy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, one of the things that I thought. Uh, just, you know, none of us, everyone's got something going on. And there was John Tory back at Christmas when he was on our show. Knowing, and even though he had ended that relationship by that point, knowing that at some point it could come up. You wonder why he resigned? Maybe maybe he'll resign and continue the relationship. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, why not? Maybe that's part of the, uh, the reason he's resigning. Um, let's uh, take care of some business, Frederick, before we move on. We've got a lot of stuff to do. We haven't even gotten to the Super Bowl yesterday. Some interesting uh, developments uh, during the big game. Uh, let me see if i got some music for you. Here's something, though. You can do the... Uh, who are you doing? The Sherpa right now? Uh, yeah. He likes Nibbly. Nibbly. He likes his Todd Rundgren. Here you go. Tim's a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. If you have a portfolio and you've got questions about it, you don't think it's performing the way it should, and you don't necessarily want to confront the person that's in uh, in control of it, sure, we'll have a look. Yes, he will. No strings attached. No obligation. He'll have a look and tell you if you're on the right track or not, and then it's in your court. 
Do you make the move to Sherp or do you hang on to what you got? Well, listen, you can be in that position anytime. Licensed on both sides of the border. Uh, Tim Niblett is your guy. RetirementSherpa.ca. And uh, this program, Baked uh, Fresh Every Day, brought to you by GoDaddy, powering small business and entrepreneurs uh, for over 25 years, servicing over 20 million customers worldwide. GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. Why, why go anywhere else? If you have a great idea for a side hustle or a small business, maybe it's something you've been dreaming about and sitting on for a while, or that online store. Launch it now. There's no better time to do it. You can get your domain, create your website, and bring it to life with GoDaddy's free and friendly 24 and 7 phone support. They're also here to help you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy today and try it out. No credit cards required. No credit card, Fred. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Here's a, a football question. I was going to send you a note last night, and I thought, oh, I better not start that. Something happened really early in the game. And uh, I was like, unsure of this. I was going to look it up. I thought, oh, I'll just ask him tomorrow. And what I was unsure of is I there was a pass interference penalty. And um, the way it, way it happened, it was... Uh, it was a kind of a call I didn't I thought here's what I thought I thought pass interference was the ball's in the air and you interfere somehow with the um, with the receiver yeah in the activity of catching the ball is that not correct well yeah yeah loosely yes. loosely so what's your question? Because there was a pass interference where the guy wasn't near the ball. It was like it happened almost like it was one of those things where it happened before the before the ball was in the air. He was interfering, interference, interfering with a right. receiver away from the ball or prior to the ball being launched. And I was kind of like, well, I didn't understand that. But I guess you can pass interference can happen even before the guys in the activity of receiving it. Yeah, I guess if he's impeded during his route, that right. can be. Um, again, I, I, you know, I would have to see uh, exactly what you're talking about. I'm not not sure I can recall exactly what it, it you're was early in about. the game, and I just wrote it down. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I didn't, I didn't. How that can be? And pass there's also interference. offensive pass interference. Well, that's what it was. Well. I'm sorry, that's what it was. It was offensive pass interference. I didn't understand oh, well, that. Well, that means if the defender is in a position to intercept the ball. And the offensive guy interferes with that, then it's offensive pass interference. Yeah, that's what it was. It was some kind, and that's why I wrote. Oh, I wrote okay, I just now down, I get what you're I wrote saying. down pass interference, offense question mark. Okay, that's it. It's called offensive pass interference. Yeah, where the ball's up for grabs, the referee determines that that ball is up for grabs either guy now. Mm-hmm. So if the offensive player interferes with the defensive player who's also in a in a position to catch that ball then they can call offensive pass interference got it that's not cool. too often you see it yeah. but it, it happens and that's why i was confused i thought okay i don't understand that penalty uh give me your uh opening uh, remarks about the uh the football game uh you know in sports there's winners and that's just patrick mahomes he's just a winner you know, he just is, and that's a fine little football team. They've won two of the last four. They could have easily won a third. Uh, you know, great coach. Um, 
not surprised. I, at halftime, it was a 10-point deficit, and the people I watched the game with, I said, this isn't over. Kansas City, that's only 10 points. They could easily win this game. They did. They just took control. I mean, their first three possessions in the second half for touchdowns. That's what championship teams do. Mm-hmm. You know? I hadn't watched uh, anything but Buffalo Bill games, Buffalo Bills games, uh, so I had not seen Philadelphia. At first, I thought, wow, that uh, hurts. That quarterback is very much in the Josh Allen mold, except mm-hmm. just looks stronger. Um, my, my question to you is this. At any point in that game, did you think that the Bills could have been in that game? Like, do you think that the Bills could have beat either of those teams? Because my opinion was, and I'm I'm, gonna, I'm not the expert that you are, but my opinion was I don't think Buffalo could beat either of those teams. Well, yeah, I'm not an expert. Uh, Buffalo beat Kansas City early in the regular season. But again, a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, you can't really judge them early in the season. Because, you know, when push comes to shove, the rubber hits the road, they, <laughs> they deliver. And uh, no, the way Buffalo played towards the end, no, I don't know. They're not in that league. And that's the job in the offseason because you don't want to waste Josh Allen. So you've just got to put some parts around him and take it from there because Kansas City's not going to be on top forever, obviously. I don't know about Philadelphia. You know, there's a lot of one and dunners. Like, look at the LA Rams. They won the uh, Super Bowl last year and didn't even make the playoffs this year. So who knows about Philly next year? So. You know, if the Bills get a couple of pieces, they'll be there. Um, yeah, that that quarterback. Uh, can't what's his first name? Hurts. John, not John Hurts, but what is it? whatever it was. Jalen. Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said to you before the show started, I thought the game ended. Like, it was a pretty exciting game overall. You know, sometimes the Grey Cup is more exciting. But there was some good, I, I, you know, I, we all like scoring. And there was just back and forth. And as you say, Kansas City came back second half. By the way, watched zero amount of the uh, halftime. Nothing against... Uh, Rihanna, I'm just not familiar with her music. And I don't like halftime shows, to be honest with, honest with you. I just find them a bit a much. And what's this thing where they all come from the sky? Yeah, they all have to be in the sky. <laughs> it's true. They all have like to be I saw in the that sky. Saw, really, again, somebody being lowered from the roof? Like, okay, I get yeah. it. You, you, you live in the sky. We have the technology. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> people in the sky, people on the thousands on the ground. So the game yeah. is the second half, great second half, but, you know, scoring, scoring, scoring. We all love that. And it's a great game. They tie it up. And then with seconds to go, and I understood this quite intimately. I get how they run down the clock, and uh, yeah. I got it. But that penalty... That just took all the air out of what was going to be an exciting finish to a pretty good football game. And even, uh, I, and I told you off here too, I really liked the guys, the Fox Sports guys. I thought they did a great job. I love that uh, play-by-play announcer. Sounds like Marv Albert. And um, it just took the air out of it because basically they, they got, they got, got kind of jobbed a little bit on that holding penalty. You know, that guy made the the color guy. I can't remember his name off the top Greg, of my head. but um, Greg something or other. Yeah. Um, as he said, you know, at this point, they should let them play it out, he said. Yeah. And I thought, you know, that's true unless it's blatant. Because as a referee, you think at the end of the game, I don't want to be responsible for the outcome. And to a large degree, he was. Yeah, huge. Um, because, yeah, like from all those angles, it was just, it just wasn't much, was it? Uh, you know, I didn't see, 
I didn't see an angle where they, they, they said it was his right hand first that had grabbed the sweater, but it was so minor as uh, you've just said with the play-by-play guys, it's, it was really not that blatant. It wasn't like he had tackled him with both arms around his neck or something. It was just so slight as to, I can't remember if this is on the show or off the show, where, you know, replay kind of, you know, that re- even the replay showed a very minor infraction. But it's like giving somebody a penalty shot in hockey in the last minute of play. Yeah. Well, let's look at the outrage factor. People in Philadelphia, Philadelphia players, who are anybody who loves the Eagles, have 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 a right to be outraged this morning. Yeah. Now, if that call had not been made, only a little tiny tiny bit, not even not even maybe outrage, maybe pissed off that it wasn't called. But if they continuously showed that replay and that the call hadn't been made, because Patrick Mahone started pointing, right? Mm-hmm. Which also made it a bit weird. Did the referee call it partly because of that? But what I'm saying is if it hadn't been called and then somebody said, hey, that could have been, and they showed those replays, there wasn't a lot of room for outrage, as you said, because wasn't, there wasn't much there. And that's the other thing. They, they, re- they had so many replays during the game that they, they went to New York. Let's look at it again. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple of them got overturned. There was a couple of amazing catches where, you know, his, he didn't have possession of the ball. It hit the ground. You just would have thought that play would have been reviewed for a little bit longer. The thing is, Kansas City was going to score anyway. They were down close enough. They were going to score something. But they would have had to kick the field goal first. And then what would have happened is it just it would have given uh, Philadelphia probably a minute and 35 or 40 with the ball to try and go back down the field. That's all it did. It, it, it's, it, 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 don't you agree that it did? It sort of robbed Philadelphia of the opportunity to respond and maybe get a field goal to tie it. Absolutely. And again, we don't know what would have happened after that, but you're right. At least that door would have remained open. Um, you know, pro sports has a real problem right now. Uh, when you mentioned replays, hockey, there's a lot of great sports moments being eliminated because of replay. And don't get me wrong. There's people that argue is you got to get it right. I, I get that. But sometimes like that spectacular catch that was it Johnson on uh, Philadelphia yeah. made that spectacular catch. And it's like, wow, I don't care if I'm an Eagles fan or a Kansas City fan. That was a fantastic catch. They have to take now three minutes or whatever it was and look from every angle. And then all of a sudden, this great moment in sports becomes nothing. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting a little tired of that. And the NHL has a big problem with it as well. There's just too many, too many times the game is stopping while they look at replays. I don't know what the answer is. And I don't know if there's any going back. But a lot of great plays in sports end up being nothing. And I think I someone know. would argue with you, though, that, okay, leaving it up to the officials on the field, it, 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 too many calls were blown, which led to Maybe. replays. Yeah. Too many games yeah. were decided where, you know, upon further review, he was oh, out of bounds, etc. Yeah. Um, but there, there, there's two or three, actually more than one. There might have been as many as three last night where oh yeah the the i i mean there are some things that defy and i love all kinds of sports as you know especially playoff sports and there's some things that just go beyond definition there was a couple of routes that uh that one you're talking about where 
not only did this uh, receiver fake out the defender, but then turned it an opposite way. And all of a sudden the ball's just there. And mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, like, at some point that quarterback made the decision to throw it into a place that the guy wasn't yet. Yeah. Like he hadn't, he hadn't filled that space in, in time yet. And somehow mm-hmm. this guy twists around and over his left shoulder mm-hmm. catches a ball. And, and I just was, I loved it. I, I'm mean, I was so impressed by it. Well, that's what happens when you go to practice six days a week. <laughs> I, I, I guess. I know mm-hmm. it sounds dumb saying that out loud, but it's like they used to say about Gretzky, mm-hmm. that Gretzky would pass to places where the guy was going to be better than probably anyone who ever played the game. But to be fair, that's fo- that's football. I mean, you know, you throw the ball to where the receiver is supposed to end up. Yeah, so. Uh, I know. I, I know those routes. There are routes, mm-hmm. routes that are um, designed. I'm talking about the ones where the guy runs his route, he fakes mm-hmm. the guy, and then maybe goes somewhere else where that's not yes. part of it, and, and yes. the quarterback sees it in an instant, and sends right. it. To, I mean, it was he's both of the quarterbacks were were pretty. Uh, there were some special moments last night. Well, you know, Howard, you know, you've often said about golf, you know, you. You could have a dozen guys that physically. Are physically equal with the sport. What separates them is their minds. Mm hmm. And football is the same way with a quarterback. There's a lot of guys that have the parts, but they don't have the mind for that. Those quick decisions, what you just described. It's like I have all these monsters running at me (laughs) in my face. I have to make a quick decision. And then once I made that decision, deliver the ball exactly where it's got to go. That, 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 that's why there's great quarterbacks and, and, and there's not great quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I laugh when you said monsters because mm-hmm. I, I spent some time during the game last night focusing on the line. Just I just wanted to see mm-hmm. like what's go, what exactly is going on there, and I've mentioned this to you before, but those are just nearly three hundred pound sacks of giant muscle and meat just hammering each other every single play, play after play, blocking, trying to protect the quarterback. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, that's why the league has had to move to really institute these new rules to protect quarterbacks because those guys are just getting bigger. <laughs> no, right? they're huge. So if the if if you don't protect the quarterbacks, you're going to be going through them like like the rules twenty years ago with quarterbacks and what they are now. They've completely changed, right? You can hammer a quarterback years ago, but again, the line they weren't as big. These guys, yeah. so they've had to make those adjustments, and because of concussions and on and on and on. But that's part of the reason. I mean, these quarterbacks, your marquee players, you can't have them being crushed by three hundred pound guys. So you got to be pretty strict on what they can do and what they can and can't do to these quarterbacks. And even the guys on the line protecting the quarterback, this, their size—they're just hammering other three hundred pound guys. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned golf; it was a pretty special day for a Canadian. A couple Canadians played really well in this uh, Phoenix uh, thing, uh, waste management. You know, it's it's a famous tournament. It was actually. Uh, Funny because the Super Bowl was in Arizona, you know, in the same place they had this huge tournament that gets it's the most um, attended PGA tournament of the year. And they have built a stadium, the 16th hole. Everyone's seen it now. It's triple tiered. It's like a hockey arena. There's 20,000 people around one hole. It's a par three. And uh, Nick Taylor, a Canadian who was formerly 
one of the, I think he was number one amateur uh, for many, many, for a long time, a few years ago before he turned pro. So he's a real high caliber player, finished second. And because it's one of the PGA Tour's new elevated tournaments, they're called, which is basically they've increased the prize money. Last year, the uh, purse for this tournament was around eight and a half, nine million. This year, it was $20 million. So Nick uh, Taylor finished second yesterday and made 2.1 million American doll hairs. Wow. Yeah, a nice day for That's him. That's a good year. It is That'll a, make your year. <laughs> That'll make your year. Yeah, and he was in it till the end. He was uh, just a couple back and uh, had, you know, when I, I only watched the, the last nine holes, uh, he was tied and then uh, he was beaten by now uh, the number one player in the world and the guy named Scotty Scheffler. So mm. there's a little golf update wow. for you. Pretty cool. Pretty it is pretty cool. cool. So, uh, Dandaran, you can come back whenever you want. Um, there's, go by ahead. the way, my son played... Um, my son played Indian Wells, was it, last week? Where, in San Diego or in... Uh... in yeah, just outside of um, Palm Springs, is it not? Okay, so he was in the Palm Springs area. Yeah. Isn't that where Indian Wells is? Anyway, well, there's a bunch of courses a... named Indian Wells, but anyways, well, good oh, for him. Okay. Oh, okay. Is there a bunch of courses named... I thought there was one famous one. Mm, anyway. Maybe. He sent me a thing and said I played... Indian Wells. So I thought, well, that's great. <laughs> it is, you know, that uh, I've been, the, the courses I've been playing here, there's two of them. I'm playing that one that you've played, the uh, hard rock course at Playa Car. Mm-hmm. And um, with a guy you've played with, our, our buddy uh, Hundy P. Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a good golf course. But the other course I'm playing, the PGA Riviera Maya. It's part of the Bahia Principe Residences. And I just want to tell you, it is one of the best courses I've ever played. Forget in, you know, Mexico. One of the best courses I've ever played anywhere. And uh, I was looking at it online. And, you know, how I got on is my brother and his lady, who I'm Rudy, who I'm staying at. uh, They're members. And so I get to go on and play it. Um, But I would tell you, it's, it's so good. It's, it's, I don't know how famous it is, but I mean, it's one of the two biggest courses down here. And like the grass is just good. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of how I could tell you why it's so good, but the service is amazing. The people are amazing. The golf course condition, you know, when you're around this much salt water and humidity, it's tough to maintain like top, top quality grass. Like it's all Bermuda. But this mm-hmm. place is fantastic. I've spent a lot of time there. They've been really nice to me. You know, I speak my silly little Spanish to the guys who work at the shop. And, you know, they'll give me some extra golf balls. And I hang out there. That's where I'm going to go practice today. But I can tell you, I've, I've been in a bunch of different Caribbean golf courses, but nothing like this. So I would say, once again, if you have a chance to play PGA Riviera Maya, uh, do yourself a favor. I know they have some great rates. You can go on golf now. You can, if you're staying at the uh, residence there, uh, you get some playing privileges. It's not super expensive, but I'll tell you, it is pretty worth it, and, and it's spectacular. So that's all I have to say about that, young man. Well, that's great. You've uh, played a lot of golf, and I've played a lot of euchre while I've been down here. Um, I know it's hard to compare, but, you know. What's the euchre? Cor- <laughs> what? <laughs> what's the what's the euchre vibe now do you and doll play as partners is it a partner no no game? me me and doug against uh 
Elise and Laverne are cousin. Yeah. It's the guys against the girls. And we, right now, we hold the upper hand, I think, by several rubbers. Yes. Really? I'm sorry, rubbers? What kind of game is yeah, you? Those are the only ones on this trip. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you're too old. Those man. are the only rubbers on, these, on this <laughs> trip. Whenever you're shooting, it's not going to get anyone in trouble. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I, I think Euchre is a good game. I think I, I've only played it a couple of times, but it's a forehand game and it's a mm-hmm. fun game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's nice. It's nice. You know, yeah, it's, uh, you know, you got to be on your toes. That takes some getting used to, especially yeah. when you play with people that uh, know the game sort of inside out. But uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, times. I was going to wait till Dan got here to talk about all the Chinese balloons and UFOs mm-hmm. that are being shot down. And, you know, it's, it, I, I will just say this. I'm, not, I'm sure you've read some of the, again. So this Chinese balloon is over U.S. airspace. And how the right wing of people can turn that into somehow that's Biden's fault. And, and I, 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 let's put it this way. How you can politicize something like that is beyond me. <laughs> Meanwhile, douchebag, the Trump 45, douchebag 45, mm-hmm. there were several Chinese balloons uh, while mm-hmm. he was president and never told anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, look, there's Christmas Dan. <clears throat> yeah. No, this is, my, this is my story. This is my story. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, well, then we'll just say it. I've been All waiting right, uh, for a long time. Okay. I'm sorry, Dan. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's well, okay. then let's let Dan take care of that and... Uh, and when Dan's news is finished, I'll tell you literally the stupidest thing I've ever done. Oh, I can't wait. No, I know. You're going to fuck. Dan, hey, you, you've done some stupid things. Dan, and there's that car that you ran the oil Yeah, I, I, I mentioned yeah, that, that I fucking ran my BMW into a wall. No, no, no. The car that you didn't, you didn't put oil in, didn't think it needed. Oh, that's way back. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah there's that. Oh, that's funny. That was a, that's when my car exploded. Oh, that is funny. I forgot about yeah, that Yeah, that's one. another one, yeah. Good but one. this one is uh, definitely, as a grown-ish man, one of the stupidest things I've done. We'll get to that after this. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hell of a big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang so he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from Lisa's Bird Sanctuary With news and views Here's not AI, but the real I, Dan Duran It's time for Balloon Talk We've already started into it, but here we go. Last week, the uh, big three bus size payload carried by a big white, easily visible balloon was the first kill of the new F-22 jet. This became that political hot potato that Howard was starting to talk about. And what we've heard is not that big of a surveillance deal since all the superpowers have super duper spy satellites and balloons hovering over everybody. So big deal. Anyway, now they're shooting down anything that floats above 20,000 feet. On Friday, a second object was shut down over the uh, sea ice near Dead Horse, Alaska. A third object was destroyed over Canada's Yukon on Saturday, with investigators still hunting for that wreckage. Yesterday, they shot down another one, this one over Lake Huron, and they closed the airspace over Tobermory for a bit. And an American general, whose task was safeguarding U.S. airspace, told reporters that the military has not been able to identify what the three most recent objects are, 
how they stay aloft or where they are coming from. We are calling them objects, not balloons, for a reason, he said. And I, I love this. Asked if he's ruled out extraterrestrials, and he said he's not ruled out anything yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> if, if I may just, just let me know when you're done, because I have a comment I think you'll enjoy. Okay, I'm, I'm done here. Okay. I can add other things. Let me just that. say, for the record, they are not UFOs. How do you know that, How man? Here's how I know it. UFOs that came from a planet that could that somebody that could come from a planet far away to this dinky little orb isn't getting shot down by a fucking airplane. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there's no if that's how you know they're not UFOs because we shot them down. Well, they'd have space lasers. They would have something. The material that t- you, in order to get from one planet to another, that material is bulletproof. <laughs> That's what we... Dan and I know that from our years of sci-fi research. Yeah, sci-fi, absolutely. Hey, you know, they they say that the object's supposed to be uh, uh, octagonal, and strings were hanging down it, uh, no discernible payload. That was the one that was shot down over uh, Tobermory. And um, uh, a U.S. official, speaking on condition of anonymity, said anonymity? Anonymity, yeah, 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 right. I'm a stroke here. It it might have uh, surveillance capabilities. It potentially could have interfered with domestic air traffic as it was traveling at uh, 20,000 feet or so. So that's why they they offed it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I repeat, it's not UFOs. Freddie? Well, it just shows how broken that country is because, you know, when sort of aliens, especially if you're not quite sure where they're from, this is supposed to be a unifying thing for a country. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that original one, like, you know, and you got to take their word for it. Biden went to them and he said, what do we do? And they said, listen, it's too close to land. We can't bring this down over land where there are people. Let's keep our eye on it. What's over the water, we'll take it down. Why is that not a good enough explanation? I don't know. Why is that? And then it? as as they clamor to insult the president or call his decisions into question, it means now anything that's in the sky, they sort of have to expose and talk about. Maybe they don't want to. Yeah. Maybe maybe the best strategy is to keep your eye on this stuff, not tell anybody, observe it, find out what it's all about. Well, now they've been forced into this position where it's become a daily thing and is that good for security and as i said you know trump you know had three of these yeah never had to tell anybody kept probably smartly or Mm -hmm. smartly kept it under wraps for security reasons national security Mm -hmm. and today also a beijing official said that america balloons have flown over china at least 10 times since the beginning of 2022 so oh sure does that surprise you exactly yeah it's strategy i don't know it's just, it's weird that you cannot, under any circumstances, get behind the sitting government yeah. if you're on the other side. It's it's just, it's sad. And didn't we learn anything from Nina? <laughs> yeah. Have we learned nothing? Years ago, she knew. She knew this day was coming. <laughs> ah, the Germans. Uh, Dan Duran, do you have a second story? I do. Uh, hang on a second. Let me get rid of that because, uh, you know, yeah. of course, I don't have access to mouse technology. Yeah, of course not. Because not. Uh, now with the second story, live yeah. from uh, Lisa's place. Here yeah. once again with news and views is Dan Duran. Next to the bird tree. Uh, Canada goose jackets are being targeted by thieves in D.C. 
Officials are warning residents and visitors in Washington, D.C. to be on the lookout for thieves targeting the expensive jackets. Well, I didn't realize how expensive they could be. Yeah. Uh, America, they can get up to like 1500 bucks per Oh, jacket. easily, yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. And a great use of the, uh, the uh, Canada goose uh, feather, I'm sure Fred would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, I think the standard Canada goose jacket, like the one that most people you see with the, is like a thousand. It starts at a thousand dollars. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Why don't they just have you know execute millions of them and make coats for you know for the poor people? Sure. Or you're like yeah, if, if you had your way, you would just string a bunch of goose carcasses together. Whatever it takes. Don't even turn them into just bloodied goose carcasses <laughs> for the homeless. <laughs> Uh, Speaking of uh, thievery, I read a story this morning that in some ship container that was heading to Malta, they found 65 Toronto cars worth uh, Mm. close to three and a half million dollars that were stolen from driveways like my buddy Stinky who got his car jacked. Right. All Land Rovers and that kind of vehicle. Mm hmm. They go to Malta. Yeah, man. Maltese love their Land Rovers. I guess so. Yeah, that's how they set those networks up for distribution and everything. It's really quite, you know, sometimes thieves can be clever. Yes, they can. Uh, Okay, tomorrow on the show, I will tell you a story. Uh, Freddie won't be here. Maybe I'll save this for uh, Wednesday when you're back in Toronto. I'll save it for Wednesday. Are you going to be with us tomorrow, Dan? Yeah. Okay. Um. On Wednesday, this, uh, you're, you're pushing off the. No, no, no! Thing? I'm going to tell you the stupidest thing now. But oh, okay. I, but on Wednesday's show, I'm going to tell you about seeing a guy get run over. <gasps> Where? What? Here? Oh. In Mexico? Yeah, man. I'll tell you. You know, here, Howard, the road right behind this condo where I'm at, it's crazy. Uh. These guys on motorbikes, like you, have to be on your toes. It's unsettling, and they're loud. They get the noise goes right through you. So I'm uh, I'm just off a road called the 307. It's a main. You guys have all been on it. It's a main road from Tulum to Playa to Cancun. I'm I'm, I'm yep. going up and down it. I've gone to the airport and back and blah blah blah. But I was in the city the other day. Uh, coming, what was I doing? I didn't remember. It doesn't matter what I was doing. Oh, I know. What I was doing. So I'll tell you. I'll tell you when I when I tell you what I was doing. I'll tell you the story on Wednesday. But I saw a guy get fucking run over. Anyway, <clears throat> so um, no. Okay. So here's the stupidest thing I've done. Mm. Like, really. I'll just set it up by saying I'm, I'm staying here at Ruth and David's place. And I'm just, it's so appreciative. It's really nice. And it's a beautiful location, right? I showed you right across from the beach and the ocean. It's fantastic. Every morning I go have a coffee on the balcony and just stare at the water. Because as you know, I love water. So I was here for the first week with my buddy Grant. And uh, he's a golf nerd like me. We played six times. We're just golfing, golfing. But the very, like, there's a lot of stuff when you go and, you know, stay in an Airbnb. There's a lot of stuff to, you know, Wi-Fi passwords and keys and stuff. But when it's your brother and and his lady, you want to make sure you don't screw anything up, right? I had three pages of instructions of things, you know, where these things are and how to turn the air on and where the water is, etc., and we were here the first day, and I, and I got through almost everything. You know, found the key, or passcodes, all this stuff. And I was, it was 10 o'clock at night, and I'd been traveling that morning since like, you know, 5, 5 a.m. Toronto time, which is the same as this time. All by way of saying, I might have been a little tired when I did the following. 
I came here, <clears throat> excuse me, and I had a bit of a cold. So it's 10 o'clock at night, and we're literally, I'm just about to go to sleep. And I say, oh, I'm going to make some tea. Do you want some? He's like, no, no, I'm fine. So I go to the teapot, <clears throat> and I pull it off its pad. It's an electric tea kettle. Mm-hmm. And I fill it with water. I go and get a tea bag. And then I put it on the stove, which is a glass stove cooktop. What? And, and I turn it on and uh, start talking turn to my buddy. Turn the stove on? Yeah, wait for it. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> start talking to my buddy Grant. And within about three minutes, I turn around. And it all happened sort of in slow motion. It was like I could just see this pume of flume of smoke filling the condo. This noxious rubber burnt. I p- quickly pull the teapot Remember I said electric tea kettle? I pull the teapot off the glass cooktop, which is filled now with molten rubber burning. I put that in the dish, uh, in the sink, and water, it's smoke everywhere. Turn the fan on, open the doors, there's fans on the ceiling. And I turn the heat off. Meanwhile, this rubber is burbling and bubbling, and I'm trying to scrape it off. It's like... It's so hot, I can't touch it with anything. <laughs> and uh, I just looked, and the, the whole apartment, Dan and Frederick, is like, you know when somebody um, sprays pesticides? It's so pungent. Like, both of us for a couple, <laughs> a couple of days thought we were going to get, like, black lung or some shit. <laughs> because... And, and I will tell you this, I've been here now 16 days, and it wasn't until about six days ago that I would open the apartment door and not smell it. Oh. Like, it all got aired out within a couple of days, but that smell lingered for a while. What about the cooktop? Okay. Is it still got junk on it? No, no. So, I'm horrified. I, and I, I, I got off as much of the the hot rubber that was burnt onto the cooktop as I could. And, uh, and then I called, uh, I, I uh, looked up on Dr. Google. I looked up, uh, I researched this. And like I scraped off as much as I could, but Dan and guys, there was still a heavy, now, now dried film of this shit all over one entire burner and half of the rest of the thing. So you know what the answer is, fellas? Because no, apparently, apparently I'm not the first person to do this. Nail polish remover. It's like, oh. it's like it never happened. Like an acetone or something. I, got a, I went to the yeah. pharmacia here. I got a... Fred's frozen. I got a bunch of nail polish remover. And the next day I... It took a little bit of elbow grease, Dan. I got a cloth, and I got this. I took, it took a lot of nail polish remover, and I finally got all of it off. And if you saw it now, it's like it never happened. But I resisted the urge to scrape it. <laughs> You'll love this. At first, I was like, we, we, need, we need like something sharp. And I'm like, no, 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 because that'll just wreck the whole fucking thing. Yeah, it'll scratch the next thing you're going to yeah. <laughs> it'll scratch the next thing. All right. So did you, uh, did you find a replacement uh, tea kettle yet? Or is that that's uh, what I'm, I'm going to go out then the next couple of days and get a new tea kettle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm still trying to get my head around. Yeah. Like, why did you put it on the stove? I have no idea. Like, I, like, 
You've seen a kettle that sits in the in yeah, the electric I, I, I cradle told you, before. I, it was a long day. I was a little bit tired, and at home, Dan's seen. You know, I have a stovetop tea kettle, so my oh, my, my I'm, I usually as Dan, habit, habit, it's yeah. habit. It's I I go and mm-hmm. fill it up with water, and I put it on my stove, and that's how I make tea. And I was talking to my buddy, "Do you want tea?" As I was filling up the kettle, and I had I had, I literally had to go take it off its base fill it up with water but for some reason i just put it on the stove like i normally do so that was a great that was a fun phone call to my brother and you know they're gonna smell it when they come in no you can't smell it anymore oh it's toxic plastic it's all gone you don't smell it you're used because i'm now a miner (laughs) (laughs) down in the mines yeah you had your you, yeah. By the way, you don't smell it because you're used to it. But yeah. they're gonna smell it. Yeah. It's well, I, I hope they don't. But on Wednesday show, oh, they're gonna. Yeah. Okay, they will. <laughs> the fuck off me. Um, on Wednesday show, I will tell you that's not the only appliance that has been oh. damaged while I was here. But the others. Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah let's wait. have Howard back <laughs> next year. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say this: the other two had nothing to do with me. Mm, okay. Have you crashed the car yet? It's it's early yet. Okay, just give that some time. Uh, <laughs> did you right. end up having Did you end up having tea that night? Then I t- I've not had tea, Dan. No tea. I'm afraid <laughs> to have sense. tea. Uh, thank you very much to uh, Boone for uh, dropping in there. We appreciate that. And uh, Freddie, safe travels. I know it's weird. Like you said this to me a couple times. It's weird. You're going home. Well, the next time I talk to you, Howard, it will be from Brampton, and that fucking sucks. All right? Mm -hmm. Well, you'll be back in Mexico within a couple of months. I'm sorry, a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, And as I said to your wife, uh, when I was over there before uh, we all left, I said, hey, doll, it's going to be cool. The next time I see you, we'll both be in Mexico. Uh, Dan's coming to Mexico as well. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll get the Mexicans ready for that. <laughs> All right. Hasta, now, yeah. hasta pronto, everyone. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Maureen Holloway will be with us, as will Dan Duran. And our guests are Colin Mockery. All right, everyone. Safe travels, Freddie. Right on, this, brother. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Air Ventures, EVNet.ca, and GoDaddy. We read all of our emails, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Liking and subscribing really helps us out, and so does giving us all the hearts and stars. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, if it plugs in, don't put it on the stove. <laughs> Enjoy every goddamn day. Up the road from the habitations in the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low. The jigsaw jazz in the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans and just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's that?